Hello, Cochibonas. I'm very excited today to have Laura Barrera back on the podcast to talk about the coup and Arizona's unfortunate prominent role within it. <laughs> but before getting to that, Laura, I just wanted to ask how you are and how you've been coping with all this political stress and instability. Yeah. Um, well, I took most of the day off today. Same. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't feeling, I had like a weird stomach thing. I wasn't feeling well. Oh, yeah. It's been hard uh, coming back from like I, we had um, a soft closure for Christmas, between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's, which was like, I feel like it was like enough of a break to like make me realize how much I really need a break. And it like wasn't mm. enough. So I feel like I came back actually feeling more tired and overwhelmed. Oh no, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. So I took, but I'm trying to take my days off and we are, we also have a soft closure on Wednesday, which is great because I feel like it's, it is really hard to get work done when there's like a civil war <laughs> potentially starting. Oh my God. I know the, the overtaking of the Capitol building happened. It coincided with the all staff meeting that we were doing oh and I, and like, like literally they started storming the past the barricades and onto the steps of the Capitol, like five minutes before the meeting started. So the whole time I was just like, like staring at the TV. Did they, tr- did they actually tried to make it like a regular meeting. Well, cause also there was like a big announcement that was made. So somehow people are paying attention. I don't know, but I, I was, aware of the Capitol building situation from the start and then like at the end when people were like oh does anyone have any comments I was like oh my god the Capitol building <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then lots of people were like oh yeah honestly I think we should get off because I think everyone's just watching what's happening right now <laughs> yeah we got off yeah so last Wednesday a coup was staged in the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> Trump made a speech uh, encouraging his supporters to descend onto the Capitol building to interrupt the counting of the Electoral College votes, which actually, you know, every other time has been just a formality. You know, it's kind of more ceremony than anything else. But Paul Gassar, uh, Mo Brooks, and Andy Biggs, Gassar and Biggs are elected to represent Arizona in Congress, and Mo Brooks represents a district in Alabama, but they have been singled out by right-wing extremists, um, including Ali Alexander, as being the planners, like the head planners of this coup. And Paul Gassar represents the Prescott area and Andy Biggs represents Mesa, the Mesa area. And so like I said, so like I said, normally this is a the counting of the electoral college votes is a formality. But instead, on Wednesday, these individuals, along with others, including Senator Hawley and Ted Cruz, all came together to contest Arizona's electoral college outcome, which is very wild because actually, like a lot of the lies that Trump made up were about the the widespread usage of mail-in voting. And that <laughs> is 
something that's the opposite of true in Arizona. Like Arizona has long had actually like a, a larger percentage in most states of people voting by mail. So there's no reason. To, and there's just there's zero evidence that there was anything wrong with our electoral college outcome. Like the the Republican secretary of state was like, no, it is good. Like we counted. <laughs> and so the overtaking of the Capitol happened and they really went wild. These, <laughs> these white people were smearing feces on the Capitol building. They were smoking weed. They like stole laptops from various offices. They stole documents and they were live streaming themselves. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen <laughs> play out on TV like that <laughs> slash social media. And so all of that happened and the electeds had to literally go into like safe places around the Capitol until the mob was under control. And they decided to, after the mob was controlled, they decided to, which ended by the way, not with mass arrest, but with people literally just like walking out of the Capitol. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even after all that happened, that went on for hours Gassar Biggs and Debbie Lesko all voted to still not accept Arizona's electoral college outcome. So I wanted to ask you, what do you think the consequences should be for Gassar and Biggs and any other electeds that were implicated in being involved in this coup? Because I've seen uh, evidence that there is people who stormed the Capitol itself that participated in the in the writing so what do you think should occur yeah, it's, also, hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because I don't believe in process like I don't believe in like the prison industrial complex and I don't believe in mm-hmm. like advocating for people to be sent to prison mm-hmm. um but this whole situation is is so weird because I saw you you tweeted something that's also like exactly how I was feeling. I'm like, wait, like I feel like it flipped things, and I'm like, now I'm all like, am I offended that people are like desecrating the capital? Am I like saying like you've like disrespected our great s- systems and institutions? <laughs> Normally, I'm saying how like these institutions and systems are like awful, Fresh. and I'm like, I don't know what. <laughs> so I'm like. I'm still like very confused I think in like what what I'm feeling about all of this yeah the well the I guess I'm I'm still floored by how how far we've gotten on the false news train the Mm -hmm. fake news train where Trump supporters are apparently like a lot of them are convinced that this was Antifa (laughs) (laughs) and like yeah, and, and even, like, like Rudy Giuliani pointed to this, like, rogue activist that was literally kicked out of Black Lives Matter or, like, not allowed to go to protests anymore because he was... He's either he's either a right-wing Ill infiltrator or he's just incompetent and naive. But he was present. He was actually filming Ashley Babbitt when she was shot. Oh. And, yeah, and so Rudy Giuliani and... I think even some of I think even some of these like these reps were pointing to how this is Antifa, <laughs> I know. and it's like 
And, and, but also I will say, I saw a lot of people who were like, well, whatever, like, why didn't you say anything when people were, were looting during the Black Lives Matter protests? Why didn't you? Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw that. a whole thread about that. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess like, I, I think like, as far as to think about what consequences people who participated should face as far as members of Congress or people who are who are just like regular people who were there it does feel like you have to like put yourself into a place where you're sort of like upholding the systems but I I do I do think that given the system we currently have I don't I don't really think that someone should be allowed to be a representative in Congress if they tried to overthrow the government Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that seems like a pretty basic principle but I do, I do think that's true. I think that like people should be investigated and removed from like that position. And as far as like regular people who are participating, you know, I don't, I don't feel sympathetic at at all. So I kind of feel like I don't support those, the the institutions on like the criminal justice system and, and the prison industrial complex, but that system is there. And it's obviously like used all the time to punish like black and brown people and poor people. And so this isn't the case. Like if it's there, I I think like, you know, they shouldn't, I expect that they will all get off very light. (laughs) And I feel like I, that sucks. Like, I think that they should, they should, Either no one should be subject to these systems, you know, which maybe is how I really feel. Mm-hmm. But since people are, you know, like they should face the consequences that that they would face if they weren't white men. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to be an abolitionist in this moment. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I have said before, abolition, even for our enemies, that has to be true. I think, but, you know, that said, to not use the carceral state as a solution is not to say that there shouldn't be consequences for their behavior. I think that they should certainly be removed from office. Yeah. <laughs> if I was somebody that, if I was somebody that wanted to keep the United States government together, I would see to it to remove these individuals because they literally have demonstrated that they will go to violent lengths and interrupt democratic processes in order to yeah. pursue their agenda. Well, so, and it also, it <laughs> like, makes they can't about, stay in office. Like, Yeah, it makes me think about, you know, on like various immigration applications, it asks, do you have plans to overthrow the government? And it's like this question yeah. that people are always like, what does that mean? Because like, they're like, obviously not. They're not going to overthrow the government. But like, well, these individuals, you could ask these individuals. And- <laughs> that should be a requirement to be a representative in Congress too. <laughs> like the bar is so fucking low but yeah agreed (laughs) yeah so Pelosi has floated the possibility of utilizing section three of the 14th amendment as a way to expel members of congress and quickly although it's dull just read it so we know what the words say (laughs) no no person shall be a senator or representative in congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office oh so the electors can get in trouble too that's good because i saw there was electors there too Um, like the whole like sphere of the gop was there who 
hold any office, civil or military under the United States or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator legislature or as an executive or judicial order of any state to support the constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. And then there needs to be a two thirds of both the house and Congress to remove them. Yeah. I mean, I, this is like literally what they did. I mean, it, it's kind of wild that <laughs> this was written. The, these were the post civil war, Reconstruction Amendments, and this was about expelling the Southern secessionists who were like, no, we still want slavery to happen. And it's kind of wild that that's where we're at. But yeah, this it's like, that's literally what they tried to do. They were like, no, we want to keep this monster in office and... We, like, we will take over these democratic institutions to do so. So I definitely think that they should use that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, if this, if this isn't the time to bring that up, I can't imagine like when is, you know, it seems like it, this exactly fits the situation that was made for. And it kind of, I feel doubtful that they actually will do that, but it kind of makes you think, it seems like to me, like it's clearly the right thing. Like if you're someone like most lawmakers are who think like the constitution is the best document like ever made. And that's something that they are like fully committed to and (laughs) in love with. How can they not, you know, do it? It just feels like it's, it's made for this situation. That's true. These people are supposed to especially revere the constitution. (laughs) And it's also just I don't stand any politicians, but I really appreciate AOC for what she does. I really appreciate, in particular, the public education that she does around how these political processes work, because I think she elucidates that for a lot of people, including myself. And that's really good. You know, that's that's democracy in action. That's being democratic. Little D. <laughs> democratic. <laughs> and, to th- but, and so to think that these individuals put her at risk was very upsetting to me, you know, because I, I just am tired of seeing Latina politicians and judges like fucking give their lives for this piece of shit country and then get what in return, like that federal judge whose son was shot or like AOC has threats against her life. And she, she said in her Instagram live that she did not go to the designated safe area for the house members because there were members in the room that she felt would disclose her location. Yeah. And that, that to me is like, you gotta go, that's like an HR issue. (laughs) That's not even a constitutional issue. Like you gotta go, bitch. You can't, you can't can't endanger the lives of your coworkers. The fuck? It's so disturbing. Like thinking that those people are so, I guess like, it's like the white supremacy is just so out in front that like, right. you know, like you have these like white men congressmen who could give away their location and they know they'll be safe and they know exactly who won't be safe. Right. Oh, that was heartbreaking too. I read oh, Pramila Jayapal, Pramila Jayapal. She shared an account of what it was like because she was in the house chambers when the mob 
overtook the Capitol and she heard the mob coming. And she said that there's this moment where she was talking to her white colleague who um, said that she told her, she had told her staff that they should dress casually so that they could quote unquote blend in if anything popped off. And Pramila was like, that's when I realized I could never do that. Yeah. The white supremacy is very upfront and in your face. Andy Biggs was seen, has been seen in public taking pictures with Proud Boys. And when asked if over the summer, if we were headed towards civil war, he allegedly said, we're already in one. We're just not shooting at each other yet. <laughs> and he was like also very open in showing his allegiances with Ali Alexander, who's been banned from Twitter and like is being pointed to as one of the of this day like there's so many there's screenshots of like him quote tweeting and like promoting this January 6th event I think that's what's most chilling for me is that like the brazenness with which these people did this makes me feel like they were so confident that they were going to achieve their goal yeah I agree because a lot of these like cops and stuff like people who went there Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they even thought about how they were risking their careers because they just were like, it's right. going to happen. Like, we're going to succeed. This is a revolution. Not even thinking about consequences. Yeah. So this person, Alexander, he tweeted, I'm willing to put my life, I'm willing to give my life for this fight. And then the Arizona GOP quote tweeted and said, are you? <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah. It's just like brazenly out there, like, Honestly, it's very scary living in this state right now. Yeah. The Arizona GOP on Twitter is, (laughs) it feels like it's very out there. (laughs) Yeah. Hard to believe that that's like the like actual GOP account (laughs) of a state. Yeah. It's absurd. The... So apparently the U.S. Capitol Police are investigating the tours of the Capitol conducted by some, by some of the House members. And this includes like the people that we we're just mentioning. On January 5th, apparently they gave tour like reconnaissance tours. I feel still like so I just feel like I really don't know like how deep it goes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Obviously, there was a lot of coordination, but I think, you know, it's going to keep coming out. I feel like I'm a little like naive. I feel like I still have this like weird like there's like a residual belief in certain systems I think that was like indoctrinated into me by like public school Mm -hmm. and so like I think this moment is making me like reckon with that a lot and like realizing that I actually as much as I um like criticize and have a lot of problems with a lot of our like American or like institutions in the United States and like systems and like can see a lot of it this whole moment I think is also making me realize I do actually like I think I've held on to a lot of this weird faith in some of these systems. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it seems like it goes really, it goes really deep, this planning. Right. Yeah, I definitely think we're at a reckoning point. I think we're at a fork in the road. 
in in terms of this democracy and to what extent it'll remain somewhat valid. There was another Arizona judge that I wanted to bring up who was president of the coup. His name is Jacob Chansley. And he's known as the QAnon shaman. Oh, yeah. He's been... <laughs> He's been seen in Phoenix area protests prior to the coup in that same outfit with the furs and the bullhorns. And he made news this week because a judge ordered that he be given an all organic diet and expressed worry that he hadn't eaten in days because he requested an all organic diet according to his religion. <laughs> There's other just very blatant complicity on the part of law enforcement videos of the Capitol police taking selfies with the rioters and like leading elderly women down the steps of the Capitol instead of arresting them. Mm -hmm. And although people are being prosecuted, considering the gravity of their actions, the misdemeanors that they're charged with pale in comparison to the swift and heavy charges that were brought forth against protesters against police brutality over the summer and also the J-20 protesters who were charged with a conspiracy. And to be clear, I don't... Okay, well, I, I'll stop. But do you, do you have any faith that Biden's DOJ will treat those charged with severity? Or how do you predict that Biden is Biden's administration is going to prosecute these individuals i don't really have faith that, that they're going to be um prosecuted to the the full extent or the extent that they would be prosecuted if they weren't white men mm -hmm. i don't have faith in that and i think i mean it's really it's really troubling all of it is it's one of those things that is almost it's almost hard to think about because so much of it is like so deeply disturbing, you know, like, yeah, as, as like, you know, I, I work with detained people and like, even, you know, just the things that you see people potentially being like ripped away from their families and deported for where they didn't even really commit a crime most of the time, or like mm -hmm. it's such a minor action that got prosecuted so fully. And now it's like, and it's going to result in like huge consequences and like, nobody cares like nobody in the system cares and like even thinking about dietary restrictions there's definitely issues with for example like muslim people who are detained you know not getting the diet that they who no. are based on their religion mm -hmm. or like i had a client once who wasn't allowed to have a quran mm -hmm, of course mm -hmm. they were making up reasons he wasn't asking he wasn't getting it from the right source or something but their source didn't give qurans you know so I mean, right. it's just so, it's not like shocking to me, right? Because like we've, we yeah. know a lot of this, but it's still like really disturbing to see it play out in such a, such a huge and just like extremely apparent way, like on, on the like very highest levels we can imagine in this country, you know, to see people like committing crimes against the like sovereignty of like the country itself and to see the way it's like minimized, you know, it's yeah. like, it's just so disturbing. Yeah. So like the tweet that you mentioned earlier, what I said <laughs> that the darkest moment about this whole thing for me has been how I went from being very floored that the magas were not more upset at the desecration of the capital that occurred 
then me needing to ask myself, do I have more respect for the Capitol building than these individuals? And because when... <laughs> One of the things that I th- I was very shocked by was that that was the first time that the Confederate flag was ever in the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. That, that that didn't even happen during the Civil War. Actually, like that, I'm just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I don't, I'm not even <laughs> invested in this situation, so I don't understand how these people that call themselves patriots aren't in uproar. I mean, I just saw that. The the FBI just arrested a man who was recorded beating a cop with an American flag. Oh, my God. And I was like, are you kidding? Wow. (laughs) Aren't you all about those things? (laughs) Like, it just shows how much. Of course, a lot of us knew that, that it's all about white supremacy and, like, white nationalism. But it just really is so blatant, (laughs) you know, that, like, this person who, like, claims to be a patriot is. You know, people who were just, like, completely lost their shit about athletes kneeling during the national anthem. Right. Who was, like, beating a cop with a literal yeah. flag. Or it's, like, or it's like, wow, is it really, like, it's not, it's not different for you that it's, like, a people vandalizing a Target, <laughs> like, a tar- like, a Target store <laughs> versus the capital like i'm just like i'm like th- like wow well I, I don't know that that is why it just feels like we are at this crossroads because that's where they're at mm-hmm. they're like desecrating the symbols that that allegedly means so much to them because they're so far out angry i mean like i think one of the one of like the takeaways i had from like watching that it just seems like these people have such a belief that they they own that. They're like, that's their spot. Like, the capital belongs to them because they're like, white men. Yeah. And, like, they just have such, yeah. they, they felt such ownership over it. And how, thinking about how yeah. women and, like, women of color and how other people feel so excluded in a lot of those spaces. Just these random guys, men, how comfortable they are just going in there like they own the place and how much I feel like the whole thing showed that they, they do, (laughs) they were allowed to just walk in and they were, you know, escorted out. And it, it just was, it just felt so symbolic, you know, that, that so many of these institutions and everything, like they are made for them and they worked in a way that allowed them to do that. To even desecrate, the Capitol building. Like they literally smeared feces. They smoked weed. Do you know how many black and brown people are incarcerated for having a joint on them? (laughs) They, oh my God. I actually hate it here. I mean, yeah, it's like you think, especially how, how much I've had like warned clients and stuff just like way over the top. Don't have marijuana. Don't have it on you. Don't have it in your car. And like Mm. all these things, being like having to explain why you need to be so careful mm-hmm. if you're an immigrant mm-hmm. with marijuana mm-hmm. and like because we know like in reality that just having something that's like completely unfair like that's just in your car you know and it's not even yours but like well, yeah it has all these yeah. consequences and then you like literally have people like smoking weed in the capital and there's going to be no consequences probably 
Mm-mm. Yeah, I think that I appreciate your point about how comfortable they felt riding in the Capitol building because I have been in those buildings and I interned at the Supreme Court and I always felt very regulated there <laughs> as a person who does engage in the weed smoking. I was <laughs> hella paranoid. Like I always kept my purse far away and like always double, <laughs> like literally would like double check before going inside mm-hmm. like every day. Cause I, cause I was like, I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to fuck up this internship. <laughs> yeah. No, that's um, like, no, yeah. when I interned at the federal defender's office, seeing people who were charged with federal misdemeanors for accidentally leaving like a credit card knife or some like not sharp kind of knife in their, in their bag or in their wallet while they tried to go into a federal building. And it's like, right. That's resulting in like the same level of charges that these people, that these who participants are getting. Yeah. I think it's important in all this to say that I don't want these people to be prosecuted harder. I'm just pointing out that they are given this leniency because of what they represent. And the carceral state continues to target black and brown individuals. I I even myself accidentally fell into the trap of calling these motherfuckers domestic terrorists because I was just so pissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but then I was like, I <laughs> took a second to process and step back and then was like no that's really dangerous language because terrorism and how it's been used to prosecute like the muslim community is a very specific legal definition that automatically tacks on like decades and decades onto a person's sentence mm-hmm. and the doj just announced that they're bringing terroristic charges against uh, high ranking members of ms13 right meanwhile the people who took siege over the capital are currently charged with misdemeanors, like misdemeanor trespassing. Point that out. I just point the discrepancy and the hypocrisy in that um, because, and that we should, we should be careful not to use that language because ultimately stoking fear around this idea of like a terrorist ultimately just harms black and brown people. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that about using that term and, yeah, it's a, I agree. Like, I'm not saying that, yeah, it's just really hard to to stick to abolitionist principles right now for me. <laughs> like, I'm still struggling with my reaction. I mean, it's it's just, I think I feel like the systems are harmful and they shouldn't exist and they shouldn't exist the way they do. But since they do exist, like, these aren't the people that I really feel... <laughs> Like, <laughs> I don't really feel whatever like, happens, whatever happens. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, that's if, kind of if, if Merrick Garland wants to prosecute them on his like <laughs> white savior shit, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of attorney generals, an arm of the Republican Attorney Generals Association sent out robocalls urging support supporters to go to the Capitol and fight Congress over President Trump's election fraud conspiracy theories. And this is a national group that represents like the AGs in in their states. What do you think about that? And how does this fact shape your understanding of the criminal punishment system in Arizona slash the U.S.? I mean, 
The, oh, and then the robocall said, at 1 p.m., we will march to the Capitol building and call on Congress to stop the seal. We are hoping patriots like you will join us to continue to fight to protect the integrity of our elections. It's interesting how they use that language to like actually call on people to break the law, not follow the law. I mean, I don't know. I think even for any attorneys that supported it, we all swear to uphold the Constitution, right? I mean, that's part yeah. of it. Oath. <laughs> I remember that. I was because I, I had to think about it a lot <laughs> before I did it. I mean, yeah, you literally. Yeah, you, you swear to uphold the oath of the United or the Constitution of the United States and like whatever. No, it's more intense than that. You have to like not have any mental reservation about anything in the in the U.S. legal system, which is like. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like you have like, and it's a like, joke that these people are—they're literally, they literally incited a coup. I mean, they should be. I feel like there's arguments that they should be disbarred. Like if if you're yeah. an attorney and you're blatantly out For there, sure. <laughs> like calling to like yeah. overturn the results of the democratic election, that's not upholding the constitution. But yeah, I agree, they should be disbarred. <laughs> I think it also. It, it shows, I think, something that we don't learn in law school or they don't teach, you know, how much, because they really teach. I feel like I'm being really lawyerly in this conversation and I apologize, <laughs> but I think like a lot of, a lot people of people like, love it. <laughs> a lot of all the like hypocrisy and everything, it hits in a different way. <laughs> like when you're, when you've been like trained, you know, on what the laws are supposed to be like. Um, yeah. And I think like, yeah. <laughs> yeah to this point people are very manipulative you know like intentionally yeah so, like and it it just shows like like law school and everything tries to and not just law school but public school like the the public education system too like everything trains us in the united states or the government wants to train us to believe that these systems are like unbiased and that the rule of law means like the laws apply the same to everybody and this just shows that a lot of these people attorneys general aren't they're straight up white supremacists yeah exactly they're, they aren't concerned with the implementation of the rule of law they really are just concerned with upholding these systems of power in which they've been placed at the top it's blatant they're really putting that out there when they participate in this kind of thing mm-hmm to the coordination of this in your mind was this a coup like a spontaneous kind of heterogeneous group of people that all had brash <laughs> decision making skills <laughs> or do you think well we know that it was coordinated or orchestrated right so I guess to what what is your read on that to the extent that it's coordinated versus kind of spontaneous I think that I do think it was coordinated. I also, I also think there probably there legitimately were probably people who went just to support the protest and then like got caught up in the moment. (laughs) I'm not saying that's an excuse for anything, but like, that is a thing that happens, you know, like I think not in like a coup situation, but a lot of us have been in places where you get caught (laughs) up and like make a 
decision you didn't think you were going to make. Your <laughs> pressure is a thing. No, but I, I think in any uprising, there's always a spontaneous element of it because there's yeah. always a group of people that are... Well, you know what's interesting about these people? It's like, they're really just going so hard for white supremacy. Like, that's literally it. Because they're... They, don't want materially this was uh it's the group of people that have been prosecuted so far been charged so far by the doj been described largely as middle class people mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not you know it's not like other places there's uprisings because people are fucking starving and they're like i have nothing else to resort to but violence and for these people it's like they that's just how bad they want to hold on to white supremacy yeah can't relate yeah i mean Plus their hearts mm. yeah i think but i i do think like what you were saying about like the tours of the capital like i do think that there were people who were planning it yeah before, and then like other people i think you know people had them who were pawns honestly who, yeah. who listen to the robocall were convinced by trump's speeches like we're convinced mm-hmm. by all the other people who were saying it was a fraud yeah yeah so what is the future GOP can even remain a legal entity given how embroiled it is currently in accusations of sedition? I mean, I, so I guess like, I don't know that much about the requirements of being a legal entity as far as a political party. I don't either. I was just bringing, I was just putting it out there. <laughs> I'm manifesting the future I want. <laughs> I don't know what the requirements are, but I think that like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I have like basically no expectations for them. <laughs> so like, I'm like, they, they, I would say like, I would hope that they would cut off this like far right piece of them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. cannibalize and it. Just go, just go back to the George Bush days. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't even think they're going to do that. Like, I just think they're, yeah. they're still too far gone. I feel like it's this very whole, dangerous where they're at. Yeah. Like even with Trump, I don't know with Trump out like I'm not sure how long if it's going to happen or how long it's going to take for them to like get rid of this whole like QAnon conspiracy theory type of like not just type of Republican but like people who have actually been elected to Congress yeah other positions I think they're going to stick around yeah. do you I mean 2021 has not given me a lot of reasons to be hopeful so far <laughs> So I'm not hopeful, but if I was Mitt Romney, I would like try and get these people out of the party and mm. try and save face. <laughs> but I, but I really don't know. I mean, there weren't enough GOP senators that, I mean, it, it seems like there's not going to be enough GOP senators that want to convict Trump in the Senate or from, from office. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it really going to be a purge within the party? Because it seems like they're still sticking on the party line. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) So Andy Biggs love... (laughs) 
our lovely representative is the chair of the Freedom Caucus, which is the most conservative group in the GOP and includes veterans of the Tea Party movement. So I wanted to ask you if you think that the Democrats need their own Freedom Caucus, cold brew party, <laughs> or pushing them left, or would a third party run be preferable? Should the just jump ship, Bernie jump ship, and just start like a leftist group. I think like I would love for the Democratic Party to have something similar that's like a <laughs> very like left. Yes, uh, like unapologetic, like talking about abolishing ICE all the time, every day until like, yeah. you know, it gets defunded like 75% or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be really important. And I think as far as like third parties, I just think it would take a lot for a third party to not be like fringe you know and I think like it'd be it seems like it'd be doable if people would commit you know to like actually having like a very farther left leaning progressive caucus that really would pull the party left which like I think is like is kind of happening just through like new people getting elected who are much more on the left but it would be cool to have that power consolidate a little more with like that power over the the party what do you think I just feel like I, there's like so many people who are octogenarians and even so refuse to leave and are that super powerful Weinstein thing that she's gonna run again and she's gonna yeah like- and she's gonna be 94 <laughs> <laughs> and you know what enough time has passed where white women have dried their tears rbg should have stepped down during obama's second term it was selfish of her not to do so Mm -hmm. and of course she said that on her deathbed it's probably her fucking life regret (laughs) not doing that literally the supreme court now is regulating a pill that's taken for medic for uh for abortions Mm mm-hmm Wow, RBG, you should just got unraveled hella fast because you couldn't <laughs> put your ego aside. And Nancy, same way to me. And it's like, and even Biden, it's just so frustrating. It's like, I know that you feel like you deserve this because of all the all of the ways in which you've likely compromised your morality in order to be in that position. But you need to step fucking down, okay? And you need to read the room because y'all continually disrespect the squad, especially AOC. And she is like the most popular person in your party by far. But will they listen? I don't know. I mean, they're very rich and very out of touch. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to get it. Cause I don't think they'll listen to this podcast. You know what I mean? So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a solution really. They should listen to my podcast. (laughs) Okay. So to end. What would you recommend for Cachimbona this week to to uplift? I I would recommend what I, like, aspirational goal for myself that I'm not good at doing is journaling. I think this Mm. is, like, a really stressful time, and I think it's, like, a good time for journaling, and I'm hoping to do it. (laughs) For sure. I think I totally agree with that. It's because there's so many emotions right now. I really want to put them all on paper. And then, you know, years later, we're able to look back and see how I was feeling during the coup. Yeah. <laughs> when your kids one day, if you have kids, they're like, what was that like when it was like a pandemic and a coup? 
Wait, did you, I saw the fun, I saw the funniest thing. It's like somebody did a photo shoot with like the New York Times, Trump impeached twice. And then the caption was like, like I took these pictures so I could show my kids and grandkids what it was like living through these these times. And it was like them in a bathing suit in a hot tub, like reading the newspaper and like drinking a glass of wine. <laughs> and I was like, this is iconic. <laughs> I recommend rewatching your comfort show, whatever that is for you. I I started rewatching Vanderpump Rules, and honestly, zero regrets because actually I forgot so many of the things that happened. And the first two seasons of that show, like reality TV gold. I'm sorry, like <laughs> I watch a lot of reality TV, and that is some of the best that I've seen. Just unmatched, <laughs> high drama. <laughs> Um, yeah, so whatever whatever show that is for you, I recommend rewatching your favorite show all snuggled up at home because I don't think there's going to be much comfort in the next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Laura, thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Love having you on. And I'm sure I'll have you back on soon. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was really nice to talk to you. Thank you.